Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. We are midway through January, a time when New Year's resolutions often go poof and we return to our sedentary, chocolate-eaten ways. Throw in an unending pandemic, closed gyms, and marathon COVID baking sessions, you may be feeling like 2021 is not going to be your year to get fit and feel fabulous. But it doesn't have to be that way. I am thrilled to welcome a guest today who is an expert at balancing the demands of a crazy busy life while living a healthy one. Renata Joy is a fitness author and the founder of Pure Joy Wellness, which offers custom fitness, nutrition, and self-care coaching to women at every stage of fitness. If you're ready to feel young, strong, and sexy for your entire life, keep listening. Welcome, Renata. Oh, wow. What an intro. I'm going to have to take you with me. Everywhere I go, do my intro. I'm for hire. I love it. Uh, Renata, modern life is busy and really busy. We also have a pandemic, and it's just a crazy, crazy time in so many people's lives. And it would be easy for people to think they don't have time to prioritize fitness. But you are living proof that a big, busy life doesn't need to get in the way. I would love it if you could set the stage, tell our listeners a little bit about your early career how you wove fitness into your life, and why you transitioned to wellness as a business. Somehow I knew as a kid that health and wellness was something that was really important. And I think probably because I grew up in a family uh, where my parents were both ill. My mom had polio when she was younger, um, learned how to walk again, but was, you know, died of colon cancer. My father um, had kidney failure and was on dialysis. And there was something about them being ill and the way they spoke about it, like it was an everyday kind of thing. Like if I would say, Katie, hey, let's go get a mani-pedi. That's how they talked about, you know, being sick. And I just always felt like there was something really wrong with that. And I did not want to grow up with that same fate. So as a child, I studied everything about nutrition and exercise. And I exercise every single day. I wouldn't eat the food that they ate. And they all thought I was this crazy kid, kind of weird and had (laughs) dropped off at the wrong house. Like, who is this person? That's like, what is wrong with her? Now that was back in the fifties and sixties when women just weren't exercising or anything like that. Now, I don't know how I knew. I just knew. I just knew I didn't want my fate, that to be my fate. And that I believe that our health was a direct link to our lifestyle. And you were right. You were ahead of your time. You were totally right. How I put that together, but I put that together. And so my entire life, I have always lived a healthy lifestyle. Now, I was a television producer for 22 years. And um, what I learned about television. It's a very stressful business, but I felt like it was really unhealthy. The food that people ate were really unhealthy. And I just, you know, to me, being healthy was so important. Living that healthy lifestyle was so important because I always believed that my quality of life was directly affected by my lifestyle. But you were, when we talked earlier, you told me you were working 16-hour days. You worked for some of the biggest names in TV. How did you manage to fit fitness and healthy eating into that kind of pressured lifestyle? Because a lot of people, you know, feel like I've got too much going on. I can't, I can't work it in. How did you navigate it? So here is my schedule. 
So I, I'm an early riser. So I'd get up at 4 a.m. in the morning. I'd go to the office. I'd work for two hours. I'd go to the gym. After the gym, I'd go home. I'd take a shower. I'd pack my food. I'd come back to the office. So, so I made sure that I was in control of what I was eating. I got my exercise done first thing in the morning before anything else really got in the way. And I think that's kind of key, figuring out how to take care of yourself before you start taking care of other things. That That's like a key thing, first thing in the morning for me. That's such a good idea because what happens for me, if I do yoga in the morning, it gets done. If I'm thinking, let me do it after work, it often gets derailed. So it's really smart to put uh, fitness front and center on your calendar. But I also think it's important to prepare, like, you know, prepare what you're going to eat. Like I, I do food prep, you know, on Sundays so that I make sure that I know what I'm going to be eating throughout the week. Like nothing is just by chance. Everything is planned out. And I think that's the key with anything else. Uh, I, I saw this article the other day um, and a woman was talking about what if we planned our health the way that we plan our, our careers. And we looked at it that way. The amount of energy and the amount of, of thought that goes into your career, what if you put that same thought and energy into taking care of yourself? We'd all be healthy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we certainly would. America would look a lot different. Oh, my goodness. And think what would happen with COVID if we were all really taking care of ourselves. That's true, because, you know, some of these, um, you know, these comorbidities are making it harder for people to fight off this this horrible disease. So when did you make the transition? Because I know you work with Barbara Walters and you were with, you know, some of the biggest names in TV. When did you make the transition from that that um, career and pivot into wellness? After 9-11, I was actually downtown Manhattan uh, and witnessed the second plane go into the Twin Towers uh, and was kind of horrified by what I was witnessing. And the experience that I had with 9-11, it was almost like the sound went away and all I could see was images. And what I saw was images of, you know, people holding rosaries and people praying and people running. And, uh, and there was something about going through 9-11 that made me realize that, hey, if you're going to do something, you need to do it now. And the thing about television, I like television and I was very successful at it, but I didn't love it. But health and wellness and fitness was what I lived, what I breathed. I loved it. So I wanted to create a business that included all of the things that I was passionate about. So I was passionate about exercise. I was passionate about, you know, cooking and eating healthy food. I was passionate about, you know, being pampered and going to spas and massages and all those things. So I said, how about if I start a business that's centered around all the things that I'm passionate about? And one of the things that was really important to me was that the name had the name of my business had to include my last name. Well, you've got a pretty awesome last name, so that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so I was like, I wanted, I wanted to include my last name because I wanted people, or and particularly women, to think of 
taking care of themselves is something that was pleasurable, was something that brought them joy, something that brought them happiness. And so that's how Pure Joy Wellness came into existence. I love that. And it's also because I think that sometimes we're conditioned to think exercise is something that you do in gym class and it's a lot of burpees and it's, you know, calisthenics and it feels rigorous and not that much fun. But I have found for myself that I really love different aspects of fitness now that I do derive joy, that I do derive a sense of, you know, um, I don't know, pleasure, accomplishment, satisfaction from doing yoga, from doing Bikram yoga, from learning new things. Like I picked up tennis again as an adult. I've learned platform tennis as an adult. And it's, it is joyful. It is joyful. Well, well, here's what I tell people, because I have clients and they go, well, I don't like running. (laughs) So I go, well, then why are you running? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you running? I don't get it. So I'm a firm believer that you have to choose something that you really love to do. Otherwise, you're not going to stick with it. I had a client who came to me and she's like, well, I don't really like to exercise. So I was asking her, well, what do you like to do? And she's like, well, I like to salsa dance. I'm like, then go salsa dancing because dancing is a form of exercise. And she never thought that dancing or, you know, that something that she loved was something that was exercise. So I'm like, grab your girlfriend's. And go salsa dancing a couple of times a week. That's going to get your heart rate going. But not only that, that's going to make you feel good because you're happy doing it. Yeah, and you'll stick with it. So, Renata, I in, in preparation for uh, this this session, I went down the Instagram rabbit hole, which I do even when I'm not preparing to talk to podcast guests. But I was on your fabulous Instagram, and there are a lot of jump roping pictures of you. And I have to say, I was knocked out because I ordered a jump rope during COVID when my yoga studio closed, and that stuff is no joke. That is really, really hard. <laughs> Tell me why you're jump roping. And are there other kinds of, you know, COVID friendly activities like that, that we should know about? Because a lot of gyms are closing. Yeah. Well, one of the things like the gym that I went to, it closed and I was like horrified because I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So COVID happened and I love jump roping. I've been jump roping my entire life. And I'm thinking, well, what can I do to be active? So I decided I was going to start this campaign where I'm going to go and jump rope all the landmarks of New York City. Renata, before you continue, you have to let people know your age, too. I like to say I'm the new six. I'm 64 years old. So Renata is 64 and jump roping all over New York City. So anyone who is listening, by the way, everyone needs to get on her Instagram and see this in action because you are going to be hitting Amazon so hard for your own jump rope. But I've interrupted you. Keep going. Tell us about jumping. I'm crazy. So so I decided I'm going to jump rope around Manhattan. I'm going to go to all the landmarks. And so I, I bought a little selfie stick and I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? So the reason that I jump rope was twofold. I wanted people to understand that jump roping is a type of exercise that you can do anywhere, which is one of the reasons why I I show myself doing it around Manhattan. But also the thing about jump roping for me is when I was a kid, that's what we did. We'd be out in the middle of the street and we're jump roping until the street lights came on and there's so much laughter. And the thing for me about jump roping is it reminds me to be playful. 
And I think as adults, we forget what it's like to be playful. So when I'm jump roping, yes, I'm getting a great cardiovascular workout and it's really, really hard, but it re- it reminds me of what it was like when I was a kid and the laughter. And that's something I don't ever want to forget. I love that. I think that- what- like to be playful. Absolutely. Because then we want to do it. So what are other, you know, maybe similar low cost kind of no frills, but fun exercises that we could be doing during COVID? Because, you know, I don't know about you, but I need to stop baking banana bread and, and just be a bit more active. What would you recommend to somebody who wants to get up and get going who might be sort of starting their fitness journey? Walking. Walking. Walking is very, is very underestimated. And I think if people got out every day, and just walk for 30 minutes every day and just get into the habit of moving. I think a lot of people think that exercise has to be this, this big planned out thing. Um, but I don't believe that it really does. I think that if you start a walking practice, you could do it with your family. You could do it with your friends. You can do it with your animals. You can just, you know, just get out and start moving. Um, that would be the first thing that I would recommend, especially women that are over 50 and especially women who have never started an exercise program. It's something that every single person can do. You can take it at your own pace. You can take it at your own speed. And so I would recommend that everyone gets out and just start walking. And it's got that great kind of low impact, you know, um, quality to it that's good for your bones. And, and, you know, our previous guest talked a lot about the importance of bone health as you age, too. So those kinds of even even jump roping, that kind of impact um, activity is so good for your bones. And I think it's so good for you to be outside. You're. You can't outside. But the other thing that walking does is you 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 see things that you didn't see before. Like I've noticed things in the city that I never noticed before because I'm walking, you know, because we're doing this fast paced thing all the time. And so much of it is we're not really paying attention to what's around us. And when you walk, it gives you the opportunity to be in the present. Look what's happening around you uh, in a way that you don't get to do when you're doing other forms of exercise. The other thing I would say, if you're going to do, if you have a bike, I would go biking. Another great activity. And these yeah. are, these are, these are not, you know, you don't need a Peloton bike. You don't need a fancy gym membership. Um, no. These are, they're sort of low barriers to entry, right? You know, you just need a pair of laced up sneakers and and perhaps, uh, you know, a bike helmet in a bike to get going. Yeah, uh, and you can, and you can, you know, you can rent a bike, around different cities and things like that. So I think that, you know, if people think about it, just ordinary things that, you know, you can do, it doesn't have to be something that's, that's, that's formulated, but I do think it needs to be something that you really enjoy doing. Like you were mentioning before about playing tennis. Totally. Cause it makes you stick to it. And I, and I shared my, uh, my episode last week when I talked to Dr. Wright that I really have been playing tennis for the last 10 years, which I really love. And when my yoga studio closed because of COVID, I picked a platform tennis, which for people who aren't, you know, who maybe not familiar with it, it's kind of like mini tennis in a, like a cage. It's almost, there's screen walls that you play off of. And it's an outdoor sport. So it feels very COVID friendly. I'm getting vitamin D and I'm learning something new, which has been the most fun. 
Um, yeah. Because sometimes we, we just do the things that we're good at and we don't try new things. And we we can be surprised by how much joy we get of, by learning a new skill. It's yeah, been, it's I'm, been a blast. I'm all, about that. I'm all about, you know, whatever that thing is that brings you joy. I also love paddle and tennis because they're social. You can't do it by yourself. So you have yeah. to be with other people. And I find that the uh, the sort of the one of the hardest things about COVID is the isolation and the loneliness. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a husband and three kids and they are always with me because we're all <laughs> together. But I feel like this has been a really um, lonely time. I'm not seeing my my good friends the way I used to. It's harder to see my parents. We're behind masks. We're trying to keep it outside and and not in each other's homes. And, and there's there's sort of a sadness to this period of time. And if you can walk with a friend or if you can play a sport with a friend or go hit your like public basketball courts with a friend or, you know, just go bike with a friend. It's One of the things that I did um, during COVID is I um, started a walking challenge. I have a, um, a Pure Joy Wellness community, Facebook community, and they were expressing to me the loneliness and all of that. So I said, okay, how about if we do this walking challenge? And the walking challenge is you walk for 30 days just for 30 minutes. But the key is you have to document it. You need to send videos. You need to send pictures. And they started posting them. And what was really amazing about that whole experience is you have all these women in different areas of the country. But because they were sharing their videos and their pictures, you they felt like they were they were walking with each other. Oh, I love that. It's like connective tissue. see... Um, the landscape of the country because people were in different, you know, in different cities, in different towns. And what I did is every week I would virtually walk with someone and we would do it via Facebook live or we'd do it via zoom or, uh, and so (laughs) they got to see me virtually walking with someone. And that brought our community together as a group that they could do that together in this time of isolation where they didn't feel like that they were alone. Oh my gosh. I love that. And that's like such a fun way to use Zoom because I think we're all getting a little sick of it. Renata, I want to ask you, do you have any fitness or nutrition rules? Like, would you say, you know, you must walk X times a week or do, you know, this many calisthenics or this much aerobic activity? What's a, what's a parameter that you would want to see listeners doing each week? as they start to elevate their fitness for 2021? Well, one of the things I think is really important, especially for women over 50, I think you have to do some level of resistance training. And what would that be? Is that like rubber uh, bands or tell me more? I, I would say that would be some type of uh, weightlifting, weight bearing exercises. It could be your own body weight. It could be with weight. And I say this because you want to keep one lean muscle mass, but you got to think about your bone density. And so I think that's important. I think you need to do some type of some type of aerobic exercise to get your heart rate going, whether that's, that could be walking, it could be swimming, it could be biking, whatever that thing is, you need to really work your heart. Your heart is the largest muscle that you have in your body. You really want to work your heart. So I think those two things are really important. But again, I think that um, what's also important is to find that thing that you are going to stick with. So 
again, if you're going to do an aerobic exercises, make sure it's something that you enjoy doing. Uh, if you're going to do resistance training, I would suggest that you do that at least twice a week. And what about weights? Because when I got on your website, I was like, who is this gorgeous woman with these free weights? (laughs) And then (laughs) then directly underneath it, it says Vogue magazine says Renata Hatjoy has at 57 has the physique of a 27 year old. And I was like, I am sold. I want to have the physique. of." Okay, so so I've been lifting weights since I was 30 years old. And before that, I was this. I grew up, I was this really skinny kid and I always wanted to gain weight. I hated being skinny. And um, when I was 30, I was working at a television station and there was this guy at the station. He goes, you know, you would really, you really do well lifting weights. I had never heard of lifting weights before. So he invited me to this gym and keep in mind, this was back in the early 80s. So women were not going to the gym and he took me to this gym where there were nothing but big wrestlers and bodybuilders. And, and I was the only person in the gym. The moment I felt those weights, it transformed me. There was something very powerful about the weight. So I started lifting and I started lifting really, really as heavy as I could Now, I lift weights in a way that most women would be like, there's just no way I'm doing that. I mean, I'm... I'm, That would be me. (laughs) Because women are afraid of it. Most women are afraid of it. They they believe you're going to get bulky, you're going to get this. I I truly believe that the way that I look today, besides my lifestyle, has a lot to do with the fact that I lift weights. So if we're if we're kind of late jumping on the weight bandwagon, what would you recommend? Just like a there's couple no, of there's no help me out because I need some, I need some, I need to get going. Tell me more. There, there's no late jumping on the on the the weight band. I, I don't I don't believe that to be true. I think that there have been studies that shows that um, older people, you know, starting lifting weights can gain muscle mass. the The main thing with lifting weights is you don't want to lose muscle. You want to keep lean muscle mass. That's what's going to keep you looking younger. That's what's going to, you just don't want to lose that. So it could be something as simple as, you know, every day you're going to do 10 push-ups. Now those push-ups can be from your knees. They can be, you know, from your toes, but you're doing push-ups. You know, um, every day you're going to, you know, do some squats. It doesn't mean that you have to have heavy weights to do it. It just means that you are going to be working your muscles in a way that are going to cause them not to lose muscle mass. So I can say I am 64 years old and most people, when they meet me, they think I'm 30, 20 to 30 years younger than I actually am. And I really do equate that with lifting weights. I think you cannot underestimate what weight training does. All right, I'm sold. I'm I'm definitely doing this. I so want I, I want I everyone to ch- check back in with me women. next month and see how much progress <laughs> I've made. But you've convinced me. And I actually read a book ages ago, and I've forgotten the name of it. But it was saying that everyone over fifty should incorporate weight training of some sort because you do lose that lean muscle mass and you want everything else to work. And your muscles are what's keeping your body up and active and moving and grooving and doing all that fun stuff. So you, you've convinced me. I would Uh, also say what's also important is 
keeping your mobility, keeping yes. your flexibility, and keeping your balance. Right. Because this is not just about, you know, looks, even though, you know, we all do want to uh, look our best and feel our best. And, and um, you know, th- that's important to, 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 to most people. And it's, I know that's important to me. But what's more important and more motivating is that I want to be able to, you know, get up and out of a chair, you know, well, when I'm a certain well, age. I, I, I started because I used to see this little old lady and she was like all hunched over. And, and she couldn't get up. And my whole thing when I first started was like, all I want to do when I get older is to bend down and be able to stand back up. Um, women should be able to be on the floor and be able to get yourself off the floor. That's important. The other thing that's important for me in terms of strength training and what I do with my clients is I want them to be functional. I want women to be able to take that, uh, you know, when they're where they're on an airplane and they have their their luggage. I want them to be able to lift the luggage over their head and put it in the overhead bin. I want them to be able to carry their grocery bags. This is functional things. Now, the byproduct of that is that you might look a certain way, but that's not the reason to do it. The reason to do it is so that you can function. And as I said earlier, that your quality of life is heightened. Absolutely. It's better. Exactly. It's all it's all part and parcel of the same thing. So, Renata, I know you've written a book, and it's The Seven Secrets to Staying um, Young, Strong, and Sexy for Your Entire Life. Let's talk about sexy. What does that mean to you, and, and how, how does one keep that going if that's if that's a goal? And, as, and I think it should be, because we all want to feel sexy and desirable sexy. and beautiful and... Tell us more. What's your philosophy and how do you practice this in your own life? In my own life. Um, for me, sexy is not for anybody else. It's it's for myself, that I feel good, that, that I'm, I'm comfortable with the way that I look. I'm comfortable with the way I feel about my body in clothes and out of clothes. That I'm comfortable with that. For me, for me, that's 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 sexy. I love that. Of course. And it is for you. And because if you feel good about yourself, then you're going to be sexy to other people, too. I mean, it's just like it all it all works together. So what would be some tips for women who are like not feeling particularly sexy right now after COVID and maybe um, feeling that their exercise routines have been thrown or they're looking to just feel better and more desirable and, and sexier in 2021? Where would you recommend they start? I would start by having compassion with yourself. Okay, I love that. <laughs> no, no, seriously. That to is understand. so beautiful. No, That's so but, true. But seriously, I had a conversation with a woman the other day, and she's she's saying to me, you know, look, I'm I'm drinking diet soda and all these things. Okay, we have been through unprecedented times. Yes, right. It's hit everybody, and so you gotta be kind to yourself. And you have to be forgiving with yourself. And you have to understand that this is something that we're all going through. It's something new. We're all, you got to have compassion and not judge yourself and not be hard on yourself because you've gained some pounds because, you know, you're not exercising the way that you were before. None of us are, not even myself. Okay. So I would say the first thing is stop judging yourself. 
have some compassion and understand that right now you are doing the best that you can do. This is such and, great advice. Every day, your best is going to be different. So have compassion for yourself. I would say that's the number one thing. You know, it's been hard. It's been hard for me. Let me tell you something. I have been sitting, I have, I'm a very active person and COVID hit and I find myself sitting in a chair for like eight to 10 hours a day. I never sit in a chair eight to 10 hours a day. All of a sudden my right hip got really, really tight. I'm like, what is that? Yep. It's just all, I, it's, our bodies are experiencing this, this sort of, this, this trauma, this, uh, sedentary lifestyle. You know, I think I haven't been in an elevator since last February. I mean, that's crazy. I grew up on the 19th floor of an apartment building. Yeah. So I'm saying cut yourself some slack. Okay. You can't judge yourself the way you judged yourself before. That is a perfect starting point. And the second one is, as you said, is to get moving, to get active, to walk, to do something you enjoy. So you get moving the way that you can. So that means okay, I can't do what I was doing before. So go out and walk for 30 minutes a day and, 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 and do that at least you're, and, and be proud of the fact that you're moving and go, Hey, okay. I'm applauding myself. I got on my walk 30 minutes today as opposed to just sitting in a chair and feeling bad because I can't go to my class that I was doing before. Yes, that is a great starting point. And to be compassionate and to give yourself props for what you're doing. Speaking of which, I want to switch gears for a minute, Renata. You, uh, when I was on your website, uh, you did two things that I absolutely loved. You said your age, and then you also said that you're a mother and a grandmother. And I thought, this woman needs to be on my show. I love that her website, that she's talking about that she is, you know, 60 plus and that she's a grandmother. You are doing something that I feel is so important. You are owning your age and you're owning it out loud. Do you feel that you've always been comfortable and confident claiming age like this? Or do you feel it's something that evolved? Yeah, I think that like most women, um, our society has taught us that once we pass 40, we're not supposed to talk about our age because we're going to be discriminated against. We're going to be labeled a certain way. We're going to be all those things. So when I was starting this business and I was looking around and seeing all the other health and wellness people out there, and I started thinking, well, what's the thing that sets me apart? The, uh, the thing that set me apart was my age. And as I spoke to women, women were sharing with me over a certain age that they felt invisible, that they didn't have a voice, that they were afraid to say how old they were. I'm like, what the heck is that? So I decided I'm going to say loud and proud, I am the new 60. (laughs) Young, strong, and sexy. And once I did that, everything changed. Everything changed. Because I wasn't hiding, I wasn't ashamed, I wasn't going, what? You're saying that I can't do this because I'm, what, what, what are you talking about? So I, I, I want every woman to claim, don't be ashamed, because when you think about it, truly, there's nothing we can do about our chronological age, 
But there is something we can do about our attitude about it. Absolutely. And you're so smart to lean into this because it's actually something that's uh, became almost like your superpower. I mean, well, you, you it, were it, in it Good was. Housekeeping magazine because of your age. You were in Vogue because of your age. You were given these opportunities because people recognized you as being a leader in the fitness and wellness space for a, a woman at, at, you know, at a certain age. Whereas if but, you had just tried to what? be like everybody else, yeah, that might not have happened. Not happening until I claimed it. And when I claimed it, it was like, okay, I'm going to give women a voice. I'm going to say, um, here it is. You know, I'm 60 something. I talk about what it was like for me to go through menopause. I talk about what it was like for me, you know, when I went through menopause and lost my libido and what that was like, how that impacted my relationship and what can we do about that? I think we need to be, as women, we need to be having those conversations and we need to be supporting each other and we need to change the conversation yes. about what it means to age. Right. This is exactly what we're doing. I love all of these conversations. And I, and, I, and aging for me, for me personally, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a hell of a lot more powerful. Yes, 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 and more yes. And we are, I'm so sad that we're nearing the end of our time here, but I do want to ask you something before we start to wrap up. I see that, you know, you take birthdays very seriously. I have been on your blog and <laughs> you talk about the importance of celebrating them. You talk about the importance of claiming your age. Why? Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, For all I mean, those gun shy birthday people here. I know that they're probably listeners who aren't embarrassed to admit their age, but don't the celebrate gun, the gun, it. There's a big the difference between acknowledging your age and celebrating it. You celebrate it. Tell me why. I do because I think it's important. I think it's important to own who you are. I think when you hide, there's a certain amount of shame that comes to it and it prevents you from elevating yourself into your own power, right? So for me, I want to say, yes, every year I am on this planet is a celebration and I want everyone to celebrate with me. And so I encourage women not to shy away from the fact that you're getting older, but celebrate it. It's such a liberating, I mean, for I have gotten so much smarter so much more confident, so uh, much more powerful as I get older. And I celebrate that every single day. And if I had one message to give to women that are ashamed of aging, I would say, lean into it, own it. You would be surprised what's going to happen when you do that. Oh my gosh, that we are ending right there because that is perfection. Lean into it, own it, celebrate it. Renata, I have absolutely adored our conversation. You've shared many wonderful ideas. I'm going to link to your book. I'm going to link to your Facebook community. I will link to your website in the show notes. But before we wrap up, I want to ask, is there something else that you want to tell our listeners about or leave them with a tool or a resource that you think might help them as they embark on their 2021 wellness journey? Well, I wouldn't say this is a, a wellness journey. There's a book that I read a while ago. It's called The Four Agreements. I encourage every woman to get that book and read it. And why? Tell me why. Because it talks about being impeccable with your word. It talks about 
uh, being your best, knowing that your best is going to be different every single solitary day. I think it's just a standard to live by. Um, knowing that, you know, don't pay attention to what other people say to you because it's about their agenda, not yours. And if we can all live by honoring ourselves, our true selves, and not being afraid of who we really are. And if other people don't accept that, so be it. That's on them. That's not on you. But to show up every day being our authentic selves, our beautiful, powerful. I mean, listen, women over 50 are the most beautiful creatures I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> we really are. There's I so mean, much wisdom. I've There's so some, much I've history. Met some badass women over 50, <laughs> let me tell you. They have, I mean, let me I tell mean, you, Renata, they have all been on my show. So I, I am with you. I am I, with I, you. I, and on that note, I have to say goodbye, and I'm going to be directing my listeners to purejoywellness.com. Renata, I have so loved our conversation. Thank you for being with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. If your midlife mojo needs an adrenaline shot or an encouraging hug, join me next week when I talk with Amy Schmidt, a podcaster, author, and TEDx speaker who did it all after 50 and after years as a stay-at-home mom. Amy is going to help us cannonball into midlife with confidence, grace, and humor. Special thanks to Michael Mancini Productions, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time, and until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.